I tell you, uh, everybody knows that uh, our youth pastor is out for a few weeks. Everybody can grab a seat. Um, and uh, he is right now uh, somewhere in Europe. And they're getting ready to, uh, where is he? Latvia, Riga. Thank you. And uh, they're getting ready to uh, participate in a conference there. It's a youth conference, and uh, and uh, we're all praying for it. We're all expecting God to move in a r- mightiful way. And uh, tell you the truth, he's, he was reluctant to go. He was like, man, uh, man, we got this camp coming up, and I have all these responsibilities, and you guys, and I love my my youth, and, and it's really tough to go. And but, but God said, go and serve. And so he says, okay, Jesus. And so he's there now. He left his family and uh, him and his wife. He left his boys here for, under our supervision. So if you have any beef, solve it now, Josh, before <laughs> before you go two more weeks. <laughs> but uh, he left Tolik with the business. How you doing, Tolik? Pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's going to be crazy. Glad to have you back from vacation. Um, I just wanted to uh, also welcome everybody uh, to I6A Youth. We have any new people tonight? Good. Well... That means uh, we have uh, Mark and Roman back with us. This is his brother, right? And uh, how old are you, Mark? 17. And Roman is 20, 23. Cool. 20? 20. Okay, 20. Welcome, and uh, he's always uh, free to come. Uh, I, uh, uh, I like that uh, there's not too many new people. We don't have to... We don't have to uh, adapt and fill them in, but there's a, just just a core youth today. I, I'm happy about that. I'm happy that today when I share that, I don't have to hurt, uh, worry about hurting anybody's feelings, that you guys uh, came here with a hunger and a, and a zeal for God, and that, uh, that I don't have to be like, oh, hey, what about those guys in the back? I wonder how they're going to take it. Well, they're in the front today, so you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have time to prepare the verses right game today, but I hope you guys are still reading Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Um, uh, every single one of those verses has a profound impact on your life, and, uh, and we'll get into some of them today. But uh, what, I, what I have ready for you guys is uh, just, to, just to set the vision again, just to set what God is doing in this place, what God is doing in I6A Youth and uh, where God is leading us and what's about to happen in a month at youth camp and uh, just uh, to reset your your heading so that you're not, uh, you don't get to camp and you're like, oh man, why didn't I prepare? Why didn't I get ready? Why didn't I why didn't I uh, do more? Why, what? Oh man, this guy should have been with me and this person should have came with me to camp. How come I didn't even ask them? But uh, title of the message today is God has a big plan for I6A Youth. Uh, we're not a typical youth. I, uh, I've been to many different churches, many different youth groups, and, and uh, getting a chance to speak at, at their youths and participate with their youths and stuff. And I uh, remember uh, uh, overhearing conversation of a uh, uh, youth, uh, youth leader saying, Hey, man, if, as long as uh, uh, I'm here for another year and then I get married and then I'm off to living my normal life where I just worry about my house, my family, and... Uh, my routine and I'm good and I'm like wait 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 you're at in youth because 
you have to be there and you're in youth because uh, it's just kind of like a, a, you know, a stage of Christianity or something and, and it, bo- it bothered me and so I spoke out and I said, wait a minute, <laughs> what do you mean, what, what do you mean? I, I go, you're just here till you get married and that's it? And he goes, well, isn't that normal? I'm like, no, that's not normal. That's not the way it's done. I, I'm here because God has given me a heart for youth and I don't want to see the next generation get washed out. And if you're not here for that, then I don't know why you're here. And, uh, and uh, you could be a youth member or you could be older, but, but that's why we're here. So I was just like, man, how, how, it's like they had no focus. You know, they're just playing church. They're just there to, to, to fill the time and to babysit the youth, make sure that they're not getting into too much trouble. And, and then we see this junk come into the youth, like drugs and, and perversion. And, and, uh, and, you know, you come to youth service and everybody's talking and everybody's ta- you know, answering their cell phones and everybody's off crazy because, you know, hey, my cell phone call is more important than this youth message, obviously. Don't you, don't you get it? And it's like, man, what is going on, man? Somebody needs to slap some kids in this place. But uh, uh, I hope you know that I say youth, that you don't have to go to many youth services to find out it's dynamic. Why? Because when you come here, you experience God's presence. You experience God telling you personally, do this, don't do that, do this, stop doing that. You know, and uh, that's why I come to youth is because uh, last years of my life, it's just propelled me to go further and to, and to just do things that baffle me uh, sometimes. Um, I'll share work. We had a, uh, I got a last minute job. Somebody took on this huge hospital and, uh, and they failed at finishing the project on time. They have the whole third floor not done. I have to put in a bunch of commercial vinyl. And in there is the electrical crew. In there is the tile ceiling crew. In there is the painters. In there is the finish crew. In there is, is uh, the epoxy guys that are putting in epoxy floors. And, and I'm fighting all these guys to, to, to do my job. And the epoxy guy, I got some of my my uh, my uh, spackle in his uh, in his epoxy, and uh, <laughs> my floor floor level finish stuff, whatever. <laughs> I wanted to to use a word that was more common, spackle or you know putty, whatever. It's it's floor feather stuff, and I got it in his epoxy. And it was just a little bit, and all I had to do was wipe it off and move on. He blew up. He uh, went and talked to the builder. He's like, well, your guy's in my way, and I can't do my job. He's also behind three weeks, and. Uh, and, uh, and then he was started to, like, badmouth. Like, this floor guy, he's such a bad guy. Look what he's doing. He's making me slow down, blah, 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 blah. And I'm, like, working, and I'm overhearing this, and I'm getting, like, mad. I'm like, dude, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You could have just told me. I would have cleaned up my support. I didn't know it has to be some special prime waterproofing is that important. And I'm here, you know, first, second day, so just explain it to me. Be human, right? And uh, But at the same time, I'm, I'm getting enraged in myself and I'm like dude I'm, I don't I don't like people talking about me especially if I can hear them and, and I'm going to stand up for myself and so I came there and I'm like I already had a planned out argument and, and what I was going to tell him and, and basically tell him you know what grow up it's, it's tough on both sides but dude do you have to you know go through all that just talk to me but I got up and I came to him and uh, first thing that came out of the mouth, my mouth was like eh, I'm so sorry to mess up your floor I didn't know <laughs> and as soon as I said I'm sorry it's like his face dropped everything changed and he's like what he's like 
No, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. Hey, no, no you didn't know. It's fine. It's okay. Man, it's, I, I just, you know, I ruined a batch of floor, blah, blah, blah. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. And the whole rest of the time that I was there, he would, he would tell me, man, you're such a great floor guy. You're, you're, you're this and that. You're, 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 you're amazing. The other guy would cuss me out all the time, and I hated him. I thought you were just like him, but you're a good floor guy, and this is awesome, and, and it's a good thing you're taking this project and all this stuff. And, and everything changed, and he was thankful that I let him in the rooms, and we worked together, and everything went out good. But what baffled me was I didn't say what I was planning to say. I, I said something totally different and, and at a higher level above myself and I realized, man, oh my goodness Jesus, that was you taking over and thank you and wow that didn't go like I planned but even better than I planned. And so I want to say is God's plans are better than your plans. And uh, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bash on the American dream a little bit today. Uh, why? Because it's uh, done a, a doozy in my life. And uh, we're going to read from the book Radical on uh, American Dream. So give me a few minutes. I'm just going to read from the book. But I promise you it's not going to be boring. Okay? As the American Dream goes, we can do anything we set our minds to accomplish. By the way, everybody understands English or somewhat? We don't have a translator today, right? I will slow it down. Uh, there is no limits to what the American dream says. There is no limits to what we can accomplish. When we contribute in tech, uh, ingenuity, imagination, innovation, uh, with skills and hard work, we can earn any degree, start any business, climb any ladder, attain any prize, and achieve any goal. James Truslow Adams, who is the creator with the uh, coining of the phrase American Dream in 1931, spoke of it as a dream in which each man and each woman shall be able to attain to the fullest statute of which they are initially capable and be recognized by others for what they are. So is there anything wrong with this picture? Certainly, hard work and high uh, aspirations are not bad. And the freedom, of, to, the freedom to pursue our goals is something we should celebrate. Scripture explicitly commands us with these things. But underlining this American dream are dangerous assumptions that if we are not cautious, we will unknowingly accept and a, de- uh, and, uh, and a deadly goal. That is, if we careful. If we are not careful, we will ultimately achieve. The dangerous assumption we unknowingly accept in this American dream is that our greatest asset is our own ability. The American dream prizes what people can accomplish. When they believe in, the, in themselves and trust in themselves, we are, the, uh, we are drawn towards such thinking. But the gospel has different priorities. The gospel beckons us to die to ourselves and believe in God and to trust in His power. In the gospel, God confronts us with our utter inability to accomplish anything of value apart from Him. This is what Jesus meant when He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, I will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Even more important is the is this sub, is the uh, 
I don't know what that word is. Fatal goal, we will achieve when we pursue the American dream. As long as we achieve our desires in our own powers, we will always attribute it to our own glory. To us, Adam's words will be recognized by will be recognized by others for what we are. This, after all, is the goal of the American dream, to make much of ourselves. But here, the goal of the American dream are clearly and ultimately anthropical to each other. While the goal of the American dream is to make much of us, the goal of of the gospel is to make much of God. You guys still with me? Nobody fell asleep. Maybe I should have probably just put it in my own words, but... The American dream tells you this, that, uh, you know what, whatever, goals are good. And the Bible tells us goals are good. The American dream says goals are good because you can achieve them if you believe them and if you uh, push yourself past, you know, your physical limits and you just strive and you just, you you set things up and you you prioritize to achieve your goal and, and you'll make it. And what it does in the end is that when people achieve that goal, they go, wow, look at me. I've done it. Here's my house. Wow, look at me. Here's, here's my business. Wow, here, look at my car, my clothes. Ah, look, look at my status in society. Look at my political. I'm a politician. Everybody loves me. And, and the American dream is saying, you know what? Uh, uh, we as humans uh, don't live in a third world country. We live in America where that's possible, where you can pursue, where there's opportunity to pursue. You can open a business. And, uh, but he's saying, but that's not biblical, that's not what God instructs us to go as. The American dream, uh, it has its rewards, but most, most, the saddest part is it has, it has its destruction too. And uh, God says, seek after my kingdom first, and everything will be added unto you. The American dream says, seek after your dream first. Go after what you want. Prioritize for that first. And then you'll have what you have, and you are what you are, and you can glory in that. See, uh, uh, later he goes on into the story of Jericho, the city of Jericho, where uh, Joshua comes up to Jericho, and he, uh, he, uh, God speaks to him and says, Jericho, if uh, first things first, circumcise all the men, be holy, be pure before me, do what I ask. And Joshua's like, okay, if we're in the desert, I mean, uh, if we, we want we want we want to cultivate the fruit we want we want to see the promises we want to we want to see you move in our life okay we'll do that that's what he does he circumcises all and God comes and tells him direct direct instructions he says you know what to take Jericho first of all I'm going to ask you to do nothing he's like what he's like no, you're sure maybe like a frontal attack or a siege or maybe you could side swipe him or something or or you know come on jesus this is like i i i can see this happening i mean we can do this and god's like no do nothing i want you to just uh, to get out there circle the city everybody stays quiet six six times on the seventh day circle the city seven times and then have your trumpet lower blow the trumpet and uh he's like well it's god right can't argue. So he decides to do that. He gives the instructions to Israel. Israel fulfills that. The walls come, come tumbling down, and the people are left with, wow, we serve a mightiful God. Nobody was going, wow, man, those trumpet blowers, man, they were something that day. Wow, man, dude, you could blow the trumpet. <laughs> Whoa, man, those walls came down because of you. And, uh, and, uh, God gets the glory. 
God gets the glory. What is God's plans for us? Just to hook up with the good stuff that he offers? No, God's plans for us is to start changing us so that we become harvesters to help us bear fruit. You know, uh, none of us will say up here, if you are part of Isaac's eight, you're going to be rich. If you're part of Isaac's eight, you're going to, uh, you're going to uh, uh, be well married. If you're part of Isaac's eight, you're going to, uh, you're guaranteed, guaranteed you'll, you'll have a paid off house by the time you're 25, right? We're not saying that up here. <laughs> We're saying if you're a part of Isaac's eight, you're going to be a harvester, right? And if you're not, then quit wasting your time. That's what we've always said, right? We're, our heading is the harvest. Our heading is, God, here I am, send me, right? That's our, that's our name. Matthew 7, 17 says, every sound tree bears good fruit. Every sound tree. That doesn't mean you're excluded. You know, it doesn't mean that you get it out. Well, hey, I'm not good at bearing fruit. Hey, I'm too young. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't bear fruit. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm too old. I can't bear fruit. I mean, look at me. Bear fruit. That's, that's the, the message that God is saying in the gospel. Bear fruit. As, first of all, when you're saved, the first thing that comes to your mind is, man, I have so many people around me that aren't saved, and I have to help them. That's an indication that something happened in you. First, first Corinthians 10, 12 states that we need to always depend on him lest we fall. Let's open that up. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he stands, who feels sure that he has a steadfast mind and is standing firm, take heed lest he fall into sin. Later in verse 13, it says that when temptation comes into your life, there's always a way out. Just because temptation comes into your life doesn't mean, oh, well, it's getting hard. I can just just eat this one on the nose God will take me back his grace is always there there's a way out it says he can be trusted not to uh, not to let your temptation and, and your trial be beyond your ability and your strength of resistance and power to endure but with the temptation he will always provide a way out the means of escape to a landing place that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under its under it patiently. Um, something we also pr- promote in I six eight is that you know uh, uh, purity is key. Purity is key. Purity is is the, the foundations of what we're building here in young people. Where the whole world is going off their axis, going, "Hey, let's let's party. Let's take what we want right now." We're saying, "Hey, you know what? To be used by God, you can't do that. To be used by God, you can't do that." God will not use you if you do that. God will not bless your marriage if you do that. Um, and it says there's a way out. You know, uh, uh, when you th- start thinking, man, I'm such a good Christian, that's the beginning of your demise. When you start thinking, wow, I really got far in this I-6-8 stuff. That's when you start falling apart. When you start thinking, man, I'm such, such a good guy, man. Look at this. I did this good deed over here. And, and man, I, I was about to, to, to mess up that guy, but Jesus spoke through me. Man, I'm such a good guy. Man, I did the right thing. Oh, man. 
wow. And, uh, and, and you start to take that praise and you start to, to, to assess with that. And what happens is instantly God goes, okay, we'll see how you do. All right, big shot, let's go. Next, next round. And next round comes and you're like, man, uh, there's always a way out. Why is there no way out this time? Well, why? Because you took it all upon yourself. You're not even depending on God. You're not even, you're not even humble anymore. You're not even seeking uh, a way out. You think you got this. Oh, hit me. <laughs> He'll hit you. He'll hit you hard. And, uh, but not to give up the standards of holiness. Joshua, before he went to battle, he took on that standard of holiness. You know, uh, being a Christian, I, uh, part of it is, is being patient. Part of it is enduring, waiting on God to develop you, waiting on God to, to form you, waiting on God to, to give you a command, waiting on God to give you firm orders, Wait, not creating Ishmaels, not creating foolish things, but, but just waiting on God, you know, in prayer time, you know. Not always you're going to have a breakthrough. Sometimes you're just waiting on God. You're just laying, you're just sitting, and you're just, you're just, you're just waiting for God to move. And your heart, it, it's, it's, it takes time for it to, to, to be still, for it to break before God, before God can start talking to you. Uh, so what are we doing here at I-68? In about a month, we have uh, less than a month, right? We have uh, I-68 camp. You guys remember last two camps. You remember what God did. You know, you guys remember encounters, what God does encounters. It's three days where you're just saturated with God's presence, and you're getting through. You're, you're scoping out your life. You're cutting things away. You're making bold decisions. Well, this is like the same thing that happens at youth, but it's with a different. God is going to propel. God is going to challenge. God is going to uh, ask you to, to participate in his kingdom. God is going to ask you to do something bold for him. God's going to initiate you. God's going to transfer something into your DNA at this camp. And what are you doing with this? Are we just watching TV, hanging out with our buddies, enjoying the sun because it's nice? Or are you thinking about your friends? Or are you thinking about this, this, this next opportunity about that's going to change your whole life? You know, if I was you, I, I would be in my school, and I'd remember the people that came to my club, and I'd think, man, how? Jesus, I'm praying, begging you, let them come. Because if they battle next to me, something's going to happen at my school this year. If they fight next to me, something amazing is going to happen. We're going to be a unit. We're going to be one team. We got we to gotta get, we got to, oh God, help me, help me. Just I'm praying, open up this person's schedule, open up this person's heart to be at that camp. Why? Because I don't want to explain to him in the beginning of the school year what happened to me in the summer. Because he's not going to get it. But if he's there, man, something's going something's gonna to happen to him. You're going to be propelled to see the fruit. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes in Christianity we get hazed up. We get, we get bogged down with, with things that we have to do and responsibilities and what, what. But we forget that we are supposed to produce fruit and we're supposed to see fruit. And we're supposed to always, always have that on our minds. Who else can we reach? What else can we do? Where else can we sow a seed? Who else can we bring with us? Who else can we uh, attain and, and, and help up? And... Uh, First Corinthians eleven twenty nine thirty two. 
for anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating and recognizing with due appreciation that it is Christ's body and eats and drinks a sentence, a verdict, a judgment upon himself, that careless and unworthy participation in the reason is the reason why many of you are weak and sickly and quiet. Enough of you have fallen into a sleep of death. For if we searchingly examined ourselves, detecting our shortcomings and recognizing our condition, we should not be judged and penalty decreed by the divine judgment. But when we fall short and we are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined and chastised so that we may not finally be condemned to eternal punishment alone with this world. This is talking about uh, the, the, the wine and the bread that we partake as Christ's body and Christ's flesh. And it's talking about when you partake in it, have the right mindset. Be ready to partake in it. And, you know, uh, when we position ourselves before a youth service, same thing. Have the right mindset. Have the right mindset to receive something from God today, to receive something in your spirit, to receive a commission, to receive a challenge, to receive a, 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 con, you know, a conviction for some of us, right? Uh, if you need it, we need it. And uh, uh, it says that because you don't approach God's kingdom with due reverence that he deserves, many times he just overlooks you. Many times he, he just goes, well, you're not serious. And, uh, and uh, you, you're stuck in your way of life. You're stuck in, in what you've always been stuck in, you. And he says that uh, uh, he says that, that way is death. You know, uh, earlier in this chapter, he talks about cliques in the, in the church, and everybody clicks together with somebody. Well, this is a good indication. Who do you click with? Are you clicking with the people in the back row, or are you clicking with the people in the front row? Amen? Because uh, if I was going to I 6 Youth, I think I'd want to be clicking with the people in the front row. Why? Because that <laughs> that's a challenging place for me that's that's where uh, i'm challenged that's where i'm checked that's where i'm uh that's where i'm uh, uh, uh constantly uh, somebody's gonna uh, uh, uh go boom and go hey why aren't you worshiping well i don't feel like worshiping today oh yeah great no you're in the front row i don't care if you feel like worshiping today you're in the front row you're gonna worship <laughs> you're here for god you chose the front row my friend you're out of luck back row it's all cool you got your own world people respect you it's awesome yeah so i'm the king of my world still and so you got to realize these things you got to know these things when you come to i6 at youth get here early get uh get here on time so you get a front row seat on the contrary you should come early enough to catch the prayer so that you're ready to to receive you're prepared you know it's not uh it's not good enough just to be here 15 minutes early so you get a coffee before church starts <laughs> but you get here half an hour early so you get 15 minutes of just radical prayer with Dennis going off like a machine over there <laughs> firing spiritual bullets so you get oh, Jesus oh man so glad you get you set me up for this man I know today I know today I'm not going to miss 
I'm not going to miss your commission. Today, I'm not going to miss your word. Today, I'm not going to miss it. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for that, Dennis. Whew. <laughs> and youth prayer. Youth prayer is uh, Sunday when it's prime time, when your family's like, come on, hang out. It's time to hang out. Just, you have to hang out. Well, hey, I'm going to make a bold sacrifice before God with my time. You know, uh, uh, soon enough you get to a point where you're like, man, my Christian life is becoming useless. I'm not helping anybody. I'm not, help, I'm not helping myself. And you get sick and tired of it. You get full of yourself. At, at one point you go, you know what? I've had enough. I had enough of this empty life. I had enough living for myself. I had enough always doubting God and not trusting him. I had enough. And, and you have to make a decision to go crazy for Jesus. <laughs> you have to make a decision to trust him. You know, because I, I, I know Joshua, he probably had a plan of his own of how he's going to, you know, take the promised land, how he's going to live out the rest of his life. He had his own plan. He had his own way. But he listened to what God told him. You know, and he, he took that first city, and there was nothing but glory to God and to his name. And he understood, okay, that's what my life is about, to bring God glory into his name. And when that is about, when that takes its place, when that sets itself up in you, then your whole life changes. Then coming to youth prayer isn't that hard anymore. Then uh, coming early to youth isn't that hard anymore. Then uh, coming to your group isn't that hard anymore. And... Uh, and fulfilling God's commandments aren't that hard anymore. They're still hard, but they're doable. There's always a way to do them if you put your mind to it. You apply that American dream that say, hey, you know, you can, you can, you can, to God's word. And uh, I, uh, I was praying. I was praying. I said, God, I'm looking through my life. I'm about to speak in I6A Youth, and, and I don't want anything to hinder my words. I don't want anything... Uh, any slight uh, uh, scrupency in my life to, to stop you from moving today. And I was just repenting and crying and breaking before God and saying, God, man, I want you to be the center of my life. I want you to, to take over in a radical way again. I want you to, to, to reposition yourself. I want you to, to take your place in me. And I want a firm confirmation that me and you are, 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 are one. You know, and... Uh, that's what we do at Isaac City Youth. That's how we end every service. That's how we have an altar call where, where you know, uh, the main thing about an altar call is you're willing to make a sacrifice of you. You're willing to lay you down. You're willing to, to rationalize your, your flesh's desires and rationalize the spirit and go, you know what? I'm going to let the spirit win today over me. And uh, I think you drug yourself here because of that. And because you knew that, that, that this is going to happen. Because deep down, you knew what I6 say youth is about. You knew what you were bringing yourself into. And so now it's that, 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 that position where you've got to make that decision to come after God. And it's up to you. You know, uh, uh, we're pulling as much and as hard as we can. And we're, we're, we're saying, come with us, come with us, come with us. We went to Mexico. We saw amazing things happen. We, we're, we're in schools. We see amazing things happen. But, but it all comes down to you. Where do you find yourself in God's kingdom? Would have you asked God the question, who am I and what should I do? Well, tonight is the time where you can do that. Tonight is the time where, where you're supposed to do that. We're constantly supposed to do that. We're constantly supposed to ask that question again. God, am I doing what's pleasing to you? Am I doing what's right? So if we could just stand, we'll...
we're going to make this prayer.